this investment is people who think long term. And if you're thinking long term, this is the best time to invest. What would your life look like if you could replace all of your working income with simple and conservative investments that could do it for you? Over the last 13 years, we've helped thousands of clients transact over half a billion dollars in simple and conservative real estate transactions, allowing them to begin replacing their work income with real estate investment income. Each week, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the ins and outs of real-time, retirement-based real estate transactions that will transform your financial future, even if you have no real estate experience. This is Replace Your Income with me, Kevin Clayson. And Steve Earle. Welcome to Replace Your Income with Kevin and... Steve. Steve, we're both, we're on the same side of the microphone today. I don't know what's up with that, Kevin. We have two very amazing, successful, handsome guests on the podcast today. We've got Dan Brady and Mahesh Shetty. How are you guys doing? You're doing great. Thank you for having us. I appreciate you saying handsome and pointing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the finger was not going to be pointing back at me. I'll tell you what. This has been kind of a whirlwind week for us, Steve. We've had folks in the office almost every day this week that have come from out of state, which is awesome. Now we've got these amazing uh, men here in the office today that we've been able to spend some time with. And uh, we are just so excited to be with you guys. Steve, why don't you give a little bit more of an intro of why we have these young men here with us? Well, just really quickly, uh, I was introduced to Mahesh about probably nine months ago or so, and we uh, struck up a conversation. Uh, They are in the real estate, Mahesh is in the real estate world, Dan is his right-hand man, and uh, I was so impressed. just speaking on the phone with them, and we had some really, uh, I, I really felt in-depth conversations. I felt like um, I was a kindred spirit to uh, Mahesh in terms of uh, just the type of individual that he is and the type of organization that he is running, and just super impressed with his background, his credentials, his experience, and uh, um, such that he invited me out to Texas, where I got to meet uh, him and Dan and the whole team at ILE. Uh, where they uh, have a fund, where they invest in real estate, and they have an amazing um, program, an amazing system for investing in real estate. What was really interesting to me, Mahesh, is that our, I guess our philosophy about real estate is so similar. Our buy boxes are very similar. Um, Where we buy, how we buy, what we buy, why we buy, why we're interested in, in helping other people do things. Um, super, uh, it was super awesome. So I appreciated the chance to go out and meet uh, with, uh, with Mahesh and his team. Uh, they were so kind when I was out there. Um, and now he and Dan have reciprocated. They're out in Utah right now. We're taking advantage of the opportunity to get together and chat. And uh, we've had a wonderful discussion uh, this morning. And some, I think some really great things are going to come of that. Um, so super uh, appreciate that time. So that's kind of happened, you know, the background, how we got together, why, why we met, and kind of why they're in town today. I love it. So now, if you guys are going to be on the podcast today, we have to be really clear on one thing. We have to all agree that uh, real estate is worth investing in right now. Can we all agree? Is that? 100%. Okay, Mahesh, are you good? 100%. Okay, Steve, I know you're iffy on this. How do you feel about it? I'll go with 100%. Okay, good. Because here at the Replace Your Income podcast, we say all the time that now is always the best time to buy real estate. And that's one of the things that I think is so fascinating about the way that you men are running your fund and the way that you're buying. And what I would love is I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your story. 
uh, the story of the fund, the story of you personally. And Dan, let's actually start, let's start with you because I called you handsome and I feel like you're going to reciprocate the favor if I ask you first. Well, um, actually, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my background is very, very similar to a lot of your listeners. I was a corporate guy, uh, Glo- Global Fortune 500 company. Started as a management trainee, did a 26-year run, ended as a vice president, and left the company with the thought that I wanted to start buying rentals in my IRA. I was looking for a way to build passive income and started doing that about 13 years ago and realized how much I enjoyed the fix and flip as well and started building a little family business and where we were doing 50 to 60 flips a year and in holding, buying and holding some rentals. And did that, again, for about 10 years. And the last three years, I realized that I was kind of tired of doing it by myself. And uh, Mahesh approached me, shared his vision about ILE and what, where, where he wanted to take the company. And I bought into it 110%, actually, and have been excited and joined the, um, uh, the corporate team at ILE. What was it about real estate as an asset class? that for you uh, kind of inspired that, that shift in that change? Well, for me, again, it's, it was the long-term, the long-term vision. Um, I wanted and knew that real estate is a way that people can create wealth, create generational wealth, and that was my goal. You know, I, I had some funds in my IRA, so it was qualified. Uh, I did a self-directed IRA and started buying rentals. And, um, you know, about only about 15% of my rentals, um, the family rentals are actually in qualified funds. The rest are in, uh, in funds that we've invested ourselves. That's awesome. That's great. Now, I'm going to turn to you, Mahesh, because I know that uh, you, you run this fund. I'd love to know the story about why this for you, kind of the story of where this came from and what was the, you know, I love hanging out with people that are entrepreneurial minded, that are real estate minded, that understand that, you know, we don't have to be sort of constricted by traditional approaches to wealth building, that once we step out, we do really amazing things. And it has such a profound ripple impact, which I know your fund has had for many, many people. And so I'd love to just kind of hear about that story and, and how you went from wherever, whatever it was you were doing to now having this kind of an impact at this scale. Now, I think the the most important lesson about real estate, if you look around you in any any major metro area in the U.S., you see the the, the families that have the most wealth made it from real estate. Mm-hmm. And I think that you you look around and wonder why they seem to be so successful is because in the low the long term, real estate has created better returns than pretty much any other asset class. In fact, single family rentals has generated more predictable and better returns than even the stock of the bond market. And this is, you know, this is from the San Francisco Federal Reserve, right? Yeah. So when I looked at this particular space, I've been in real estate for a long time, have done almost about, you know, two to two and a half billion dollars of real estate across every sector. But the single family was very attractive to me. One, because it was resilient, it was diverse. I could spread my bets around different asset, different uh, homes in different markets. So that was a big plus. And I think single-family homes, by definition, appreciates over time, regardless of what the economy does. Right. So I think that part of the story was appealed to me, and the ability to uh, to liquidate the asset when in, in times of need. 
because it's such you know every on an average day the tens of thousands of homes being listed on the real estate. So I think the ability to liquidate if you need to was also very attractive. So it kind of you pull all those pieces together. I felt that this was a good place to be. And then you know when when once we identify a market which is fragmented like it, this is when I say fragmented meaning. There's not, not, not a lot of institutional ownership in the space. I felt that bringing in a more institution quality ownership would elevate the returns in the space. So that's, you know, we started it. I was lucky and blessed to get a lot of people supporting me in this deal. So over a period of time, we have built, you know, portfolio right now. Portfolio is almost $150 million. Uh, over the awesome. last three years. Yeah. That's amazing. And now I know, Steve, uh, you guys have spent a little bit more time together. I, I'm kind of new to this conversation, but I know I've heard you and I have talked quite a bit about Mahesh and ILE and what the buy box looks like. I would love for you to describe your buy box um, and, and kind of what is what is it that you men are looking for when you're looking at, at real estate, what fits the fund? Um, I, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear how you describe that and how you would characterize that. I'll give an overview and I'll let Dan complete the story. So I, in general, you know, what we talk about is we are in what we call the bluish white collar space. The nurse, the police officer, the teacher, you know, the folks who are hardworking, you know, part of the American middle class striving to be better. And they want an environment which is safe for their family and for their children. Safe neighborhood, that's a neighborhood that we invest in. Dan, what, did you know? What, did I miss anything? Uh, no, you didn't. Uh, we we have a very defined defined box, and a lot of it is driven by financial metrics. We uh, we we are not emotional about buying a home. It's an asset for us. Uh, if the numbers work, we'll make an offer. If the numbers don't work, we'll move on to the next because there's another house ten minutes away that's uh, that's for sale. We have a set of red flags as well. We try not to buy homes uh, that where there's two or more red flags, and red flags are properties that would present an, a problem to rent or rent quickly. Mm-hmm. An example would be uh, a high traffic road uh, where uh, it has two yellow lines, which indicates by code that it's high traffic. Sure. Uh, we will never buy a home with double line where you have to back into the street as opposed to being able to turn around and drive out forward. Yeah. Uh, we will not buy, we, we're okay with townhomes, but we want a defined roof line. We don't want to be in the middle of a four-time town, uh, townhome row house that where we have to replace the entire roof for units that we don't own for continuity side. Um, we don't like to be close to uh, commercial. And it's not so much we're adverse to commercial, it's the lighting that could shine into your backyard and shine through your window. It may be the convenience store around the corner that we don't want our kids exposed to. Uh, things along those lines, um, you know, high-tension power lines. Uh, there's just there's several different things, Kevin, that, that we identify as red flags. And by the way, we inspect every house. Uh, we feel like it's important that a set of eyes are on that that can see and look and make sure that we're checking all the right boxes. And I think the important thing is that we don't want to rent a single home that we do, we ourselves won't live in. I love that. I mean, that's very important, yeah. right? We want to be give the same environment, the same uh, you know quality of the asset that we feel comfortable about our putting our own family in. You know, that's extremely important to us, and that's ethic kind of is pervasive in our organization. I love that so much because Steve and I feel much the same way when it comes 
to that, right? I mean, that's why I love that the the values align so closely. And I think, you know, there are so many both real estate funds and I think just real estate investors. And also, you know, we, we've seen lots of people that kind of sell the idea of real estate investing or these coaches or mentors, you know, these folks that sell these high ticket deals. And it's always fascinating to me because while I think the kind of real estate we all do is the easiest to market in terms of the benefits that it poses to someone, there are so many people that would would rather take the risk because whatever it, it might be that the, the cash flow is going to be higher, even though it might be in a slightly less desirable neighborhood or, you know, the, the purchase price is going to be lower. And so it's less out of pocket. And so they would just rather go and get that type of real estate. And there's so many people that, you know, I go on some of these, uh, some of these websites, these turnkey type websites, which, you know, you'll look and it's so fascinating to me. You'll look, and you, you guys know this better than anybody. You'll go and look at a home that one of these, you know, tech-backed companies are, are throwing out there, right? And I, I love the laugh that Mahesh just gave, but that's gotta, there's got to be a story in that. I'm going to come back to that. But they, I, uh, okay, here, let me, I'll t- can I tell you guys a little story, a little anecdote? I can't remember if I've shared this on the podcast or not. I probably have. I won't name the company because I don't want to be rude, but I was, uh, I was speaking in Hawaii one time, and I was speaking for a group of, of aspiring or potential investors, and I was really diving into our property analysis and kind of how we look at the property. And um, somebody had mentioned, you know, about one of these companies. Like, well, hey, your real estate looks good, but I'll look over here at such and such website. And they're doing homes in a similar area to where you're doing, but their cash flow is so much higher than yours is. And their returns are, are so much better, whatever the case may be. And so I kind of, you know, that it made me mad. I went, well, and so I went at lunch, I went back to my hotel room and I started to do a little bit more research and drill down because I was going to be speaking after lunch again. And so this one particular site, it was, I looked up a home that was very similar to one that I'd been presenting, similar neighborhood, so on and so forth. The reason the cash flow looks so much higher, you know what it was? They were showing cash flow numbers based on a cash purchase but average returns based on a leveraged purchase, but they were not saying that this came from cash and this came from leverage. And so I went back and I was like, you want to know why the numbers look better? It's because you're not seeing the entire story. (laughs) Funny thing was, so I started, (laughs) I've learned not to really, uh, you know, go after or berate other companies that are in a similar space in a public setting because you know, it, it's probably not the best business, but also this one time I was berating this one company and afterwards, one of the event organizers came up and said, hey, you know, so-and-so is related to one of the owners of that particular company. And I went, oh, sorry about that. So I basically just said, your dad's company is stupid, right? To this person, which was, which was fantastic. So anyway, but I, I, I love what you guys are talking about in terms of what those red flags are, what that buy box looks like, because it's so in alignment with how we love to view real estate. Because at the end of the day, I would I would much rather do real estate that has the liquidity, like you talked about, primarily because it's such a desirable Absolutely. piece of property and such a desirable, not just city, 
but neighborhood inside of a city. And I just think that that's, I think that that's super critical. But I do want to ask, Mahesh, when I, when I talked about these tech-based companies, you giggled a little bit. I want to know what that story is. I mean, I think a lot of people think technology can solve a real estate problem, but real estate problem is all about dirt. I mean, Dan says this best in our company. Are we a real estate company or a, a technology company? And the answer is yes. Yeah, right. But we want to focus on real estate in the blocking and tackling of buying is a very intricate art. It is not. It cannot be supplanted by technology. Mm-hmm. Technology enables that skill set, right, Dan? I mean, you know. absolutely. And you know, te- technology is a tool, which, when it's used properly, is beneficial. When it's not used proper properly, creates roadblocks. We use technology from start to finish, from the first time the the asset enters our funnel all the way through a planned uh, disposal of the asset. So it's 100% integrated in our, in our system. The difference is most companies actually have an acquisition system, and then they have a different system for this, a different system for asset management, different system for construction, different system for finance, and it creates inefficiencies all the way through. When you have one system that can track the asset from start to finish, there's synergies there. I can, I, can I jump in really quick, uh, change gears just slightly? Um, both of you have vast experience in, I'll call it economics and in life in general. What do you see in our current economy? Because everyone is running scared. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and when you're scared and you have fear, you tend to make bad decisions. So I'm just wondering what your perspective is on what's going on and and. Should we be as fearful as maybe the media um, says we ought to be? I, you know, I think the uh, Warren Buffett once said that uh, only when the tide runs out, you know who's been swimming naked, right? You know, <laughs> and um, I love it. I, I think the the reality is that a lot of people who came into the space over the last two or three years came on momentum. This is not a technology investment play. This is only a this investment is people who think long term. And if you're thinking long-term, this is the best time to invest. When the market is afraid is when you go in. And this is the right time because now you look at it three, four, five years out, you'll have a better return on your investment than conceivably having invested in 020 or 021 or last year for that matter. You know, I think you want to invest, the consistency of investment is what drives returns. And consistency of investment should be independent of what is happening in the economy because fundamentally single family homes the underlying demand supply demand shortage is not going to get remediated over the next 10 years that permanent shortage is driving a fairly significant increase in demand plus a millennial generation's household formation is going to be one of the highest it has been in the last 30 years it's also driving a f- incredible amount of demand and all t- together i think that creates a fundamental uh, demographic shift in favor of single family. I, 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 love, I love that so much. I just got to say, I'm, I'm sitting here just so excited to hear you talk for a number of reasons, but one of them, do you guys have kids? Yes. Okay. So you know how when your kids, when you, you have something you're really trying to communicate to your kids and they don't really want to listen to you because you're dad, yeah. you know, but then they hear it from somebody else and they <laughs> go, gosh, I guess my dad was right. Sometimes, Steve, I feel like we're mom and dad. And we're talking all the time on this podcast, like we promise you 
Now is the best time to invest. You should be moving forward. And now we've got these incredibly uh, successful, intelligent men saying the same thing. I kind of feel like kids, listen, this is real. We're not just making this up. The only agenda that we've got just in general, I think all of us around this table and in this studio is to transform people's lives through simple and conservative real estate because there is nothing better to invest. I think we'd all probably agree that is where the majority of Americans should be investing in. And maybe many of them aren't. And because they don't know how, they're sitting on the sideline wondering what would that look like? Which brings me to, I'd love for you to talk a little bit, Mahesh and Dan, a, a little bit about what is your, what does your investor look like? What is that process to be able to work with your fund and be able to take advantage of, of this market and take advantage of this kind of real estate? I just, first of all, I want to touch upon a point you just made yeah. in, in uh, talking about investment in real estate and the wealth that it creates. You know, a majority of the baby boomers who are retiring right now, the single largest portion of the net worth is their home equity, right? And that tells you that it works. You know, it has worked for the entire generation. It has so worked true. for the generation before that. Our fund itself, you know, we are, uh, today we are working on a new fund. It's going to be about a $100 million fund. And we are, um, you know, specifically looking out for investors who are accredited. Uh, there's, it's a technical term, but happy to explain that. And we, you know, we are putting $15 million of our own money into the fund, and we hope to you know, f complete our acquisition, which is going to be approximately about 700 to 1,000 homes over the next 18 months. I love it. And you know, we're looking for folks who want to participate in our journey, give themselves the diversity they need without the headache of actually managing a property on their own, and without taking on any more debt on the balance sheet, because we would do all the debt for them, but also create the benefits of owning, meaning they'll still get the depreciation benefits, they still get the benefits of uh, accretive uh, returns on the, on the investment, plus the capital appreciation. So all of the above, except now they can put in a, they can put in a bigger bucket as opposed to a single asset. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Dan, anything you want to add to that? I'm going to re regress back to your previous question. Please. I bought a house in 1980 at 14.5% interest. What we're seeing today is the norm. It is the norm. So we have a generation of people that think that a 65 or 7.5% mortgage is just unbelievable. Yeah. That it should be at 3%. It's not going to be at 3%. It, if you get a 65 to 7%, you're norm. That's, a, that's so true. Were you going to comment on that, Mahesh? <laughs> no, I think I couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, I think in a lot of people, I think we should expunge from my memory what happened in the last couple, three years. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. We have to expunge because it is an anomaly. It's an aberration. It's like a, it, It's like... Michael Jordan taking a baseball and hitting home runs every time he goes to bat. Right. That it didn't happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen, right? So I think we need to kind of step back and say, hey, what is the norm? And as Dan pointed out, this is the norm. And in that normal market, how does single family perform? And single family in this particular norm, normal environment has done the best of any other single asset in, the, in, the, in, in real estate in particular. I love that. So while we were sitting there, I kind of poked... Kevin. Yeah, that hurt, by the way. I mean, Sorry like, about that. <laughs> I mean, we, we just finished up a training over the last couple of days, and something that you said, it's like, hey, back in the 1980s, I bought a home at 14 and, you know, 14.5% or something like that, right? I asked the same question to the, to the individuals in there. I said, if you could go back in time to the 1980s, 
at 18% interest yeah. and buy a property then, would you buy one? Everybody's like, well, I buy 10 of them, yeah. right? Because they know what those properties have done exactly. over time. It's like, would you figure out how to come up with those payments, right? Yeah. So the bottom line is like what you're saying, I love what you said, Mahesh, like we've just come back to normal. We've just come back to the, to the, to the norms of where we are. And normal works fantastically well when you hold on to real estate for those five to 10 years. It's so, it's so true. And you, man, I'm, I'm so excited for what we've got coming up together because there, there's, uh, there's so much good that we could do collectively, so much good that needs to be done in this world. You know, if you, if you spent any amount of time with us, whether you're a podcast listener or you've been here in our office, you know that while we're all in real estate, it's not just, yes, real estate makes money. We all know that. But I think everybody around this table would agree that it's almost more exciting to think about the money that it makes others who otherwise wouldn't be able to access the kinds of things that we can assist with them accessing. I think all the time of, of you know, I, it's, it's actually a, it's almost an annoying thought at this time. I, I, whenever I go somewhere, you know, like in, in Utah, there's a lot of families, right? And I'll go somewhere with the family and there'll be so many people at fill in the blank event. And I am looking around and I know in my mind that the vast majority of these people whose families look very similar to mine, I know that the vast majority of them are not invested in real estate. They would love to be, but they don't know how. They don't think that it's accessible. They don't think that it's possible. And I think all the time, sometimes I just want to run up and shake them and go, I promise it's doable. Let's go to work. We can help you. Because there is so, and and, you know, I think there are times when People just in general have kind of a scarcity mindset and they think, well, if all of these other people are making money on real estate, there's probably not room for me. What would you men say to that? Huh. I, I think the, uh, let me go back to this. Our company slogan is creating wealth and doing good. Love it. It's very important to us to create the impact. And the idea of socializing wealth and allowing other people to in a create wealth is very important to us, Right. And the other aspect about the scarcity uh, issue, I want to address the single family rental market is, a, you know, if, depending on how you look at it, it's a 15 trillion market, you know, in this country, right? right? The, the rental portion of the market is, the, that's all the single family homes. The rental portion of the market is almost about five to seven trillion, depending on how you look at it. So people who talk about scarcity, you know, I mean, a trillion is a lot of money. <laughs> and so you don't need to make a trillion. I think all, we, you know, I, I, I use the uh, baseball metaphor all the time, is that, you know, the best way to score a run is to score a single, steal, right. a, steal base, yeah. and, and, and score a single again and get home, right? That's right. You know, you don't get home runs all the time. You no. know, if you do get, you're, you're blessed and you're lucky. But the only way you create wealth is by scoring singles all the time. That's right. Which is why we always talk about Moneyball Real Estate at DFY, right? It's it's about hitting singles. And it's let me just give some face. context to what Mahesh said. So I don't know if I get this exactly right. You can look it up. You can ask Siri about this. But it will take an individual um, a certain number of days, just days, to count to one million. To count to a billion will take like three years. To count to one trillion will take 30,000 years wow like that's the difference between a billion and a trillion so when yeah. you talk in terms of like scarcity there isn't there is there enough is no for everybody yeah i mean dan you talk about how many homes are listed every day in uh, in mls why don't you you know yeah you know. there's there's thousands of homes listed for sale every day and 
you know, it's, it's – when I started in real estate, the most difficult thing for me was trying to do it by myself. Uh, you have to be an acquisitions guy. You have to be a marketing guy. You have to be a social media guy. You have to be a contractor. You have to be a property manager. You have to be an accountant. You have to be an HR guy. And, and honestly, it's most it's, – it's an exceptional person that can do it by themselves. Most need help. And the most difficult thing people have is to not ask for help because they think they can do it themselves or they think it's beyond their reach. It's not. So true. So true. Dan, thank you so much. We've got to wrap this episode because, Dan, you've got a heart out. You've got a, you've got a flight to catch. Steve, will you just wrap this episode talking a little bit about what the listeners can expect for this relationship moving forward? So we've been talking for several months now, and uh, today we just had a, an, an awesome conversation for several hours. It started at 9 a.m. this morning. It's now you know 2.30 in the afternoon. Um, we made some great progress in terms of uh, what things look like next. Um, I will leave things hanging just a little bit in terms of uh, creating somebody, like not close the loop. I'm not going to yeah. close the open, loop. Open the loop. I'm going op- to open the loop <laughs> um, in, in marketing terms that uh, we're going to do something together with ILE. And it will be a new offering for our clients, something that uh, we've never offered before. And uh, looking forward to providing, you know, some details and the opportunity and how it will work. And uh, look forward to reaching out to our existing client base, uh, potentially in, uh, in uh, something very exciting. And so here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to go to dfy-realestate.com slash I-L-E. Now, if you go to dfy-realestate.com slash I-L-E, there's going to be a really simple form on that page. Enter your name and your email so that you, we know that you want to hear about these exciting announcements that are coming up so that we can uh, get with you and share what the future is going to look like together. Dan and Mahesh, thank you so much for coming in and being on the Replace Your Income podcast. Thank you for uh, talking to the audience just like Steve and I get to do all the time. And audience, now it wasn't just mom and dad that said it, okay? You've heard from far better looking and more successful people than Steve and I, okay? And by the way, I'm dad. Oh, yeah, yes, you're dad. That's right. Yes, uh, I, uh, I do. I was just at a girls' camp, and uh, the girls said, you know, Kev, it's really glad that you're here. You've got a good feminine energy. So I'll just take that. I'll just, uh, we'll just roll with that. So your dad, we'll go with it. But really, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Replace Your Income. Mahesh Dan, thank you guys so much for being here. We're so excited for what the future holds. Go to dfy-realestate.com slash I-L-E uh, to, to get on the list to learn a little bit more. And we'll talk to you real soon. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you.